To the Read Option Podcast, we have a full house here tonight. Me, Scotty, Vito, the whole crew. We uh, we just had, as we're recording this now, Jackson Smith and Jigba at pick number twenty. Go to Scotty's favorite team, the Seattle Seahawks. Don't uh, even joke. Like, no, no, it is it is your favorite team, deep down. It's n- Scott was just saying how much he loved this pick for them. He and- was so so happy, like so happy when when they made that pick. <laughs> You know, he put credit to Scotty because he put his bias aside and really just said, you know what? Like, hey, I'm going to be a a responsible analyst here and I'm going to say, wow, what a brilliant pick by the Seattle. You know what it is because he's going to run all over the zero secondaries that are left in the NFC West. So, well, including my Niners. Uh, Anyway, uh, as you can probably tell by this point, we have the NFL draft going on right now. Uh, full house. We are live streaming kind of the last, you know, 10 or so picks, depending on how long we end up rolling here. So uh, we're going to have a little bit of time. Um, but the top of the draft has been chaotic. It's been everything that you hope and dream of from the NFL draft. We have some classic misdirection being thrown by NFL teams, which I think it's one of those things where it's like we all like to think that we know where, where a quarterback or a player is going to go. But then we hear they end up going somewhere else. And it's that like fun little, you know, puzzle that we all get to solve as NFL fans. Uh, I I said to both Scotty and Vito before we started, you know, one of my favorite things in sports is the NFL draft. And a big part of that is because you have just no idea. And like in one hand, if you're a team that has a top pick, you're like, oh, we have a you know potential future franchise quarterback, something like that. Something that makes you really, really excited. But what's also equally as cool is that if you're a fan of the entire league, like the three of us nerds are, but we love to follow all these teams, then all of a sudden we can look up there and see different quarterbacks, different players going to different teams, and uh, we get a certain level of excitement just as fans. Or for, yeah, for many of you who are college football fans, I mean, for me and Vito, we haven't seen it yet, but seeing our Penn State guys go uh, is always a thrill, no matter what round it is, whether it's the first or the seventh, so. Yeah, uh, if you're Joey a fan Porter of college Jr. football, still on the you, board. yeah, if you're a fan of college football and you've got your team or you got your your group of guys that you like, it's fun to just track them and watch uh, where they go in the draft. It's always a proud moment, especially if you're invested in a particular player or school. But uh, but yeah, man, um, it's it, that that plays into it too for sure. There's nothing better than watching these guys like make it to the NFL. Everything changing for these guys, and then also. It's just guy's point. Like, if you have a, a guy you liked in college goes to your favorite team or goes to a team that you like, or any of that stuff, like tracking between the two, you know, from college to pro is great. But there's there's absolutely we kept talking about. There's nothing more hopeful in the NFL draft. Somehow, well, and- somehow, during all of that, Jeff still has some heated opinions that you're we're going to get to here. Which it's I'm wild. Excited. It's it's I'm unbelievable so how for. pissed off he is. And Vito, I mean, you have you have a special hey. connection too to the draft because like. Last year at this time, you were just rooting for your buddy to get in into the yeah. league, right? You were literally uh, sitting at an NFL player's draft party. Yeah, it was me and his fam. And uh, shout out Grant. It was fucking amazing. So actually, it wasn't amazing. Like, it was an incredible journey. One of the most stressful things ever. This is way more uh, 
uh, <laughs> like easy. <laughs> and there's nothing better than just like, yeah, you're sitting talking football. And then, yeah, we all just heard the ding, the classic NFL ding that gives every guy just like an automatic, like alert. Half chub. I texted you from the car to say that today, Vito, because you sent me a reel of the, uh, of oh, the, yeah. the NFL draft sound. And I played it on a loop 74 times in my car and just got a half <laughs> chub. It was ridiculous. I literally think if you're, if you're a girl who listens to this podcast, which I don't know how many do, but if you want a guy to respond to every one of your texts, set Just his text that. tone for you as the NFL draft alert, and instantly he will pick up his phone every it's single time. It's a guarantee. It's guarantee. You know, we've we've said some dumb shit on this podcast, but that's one that I, I have to endorse and, and recognize as completely, <laughs> completely real. Uh, as we, again, so we're, we're going to be recording this. We're going to talk about some of the top, like, 20 picks that we have, but mm-hmm. uh, number 21, Quentin Johnston of TCU getting drafted by the chargers feels like it's like a Mike Williams 2.0 type of, uh, type of deal, but Hey, you know, who had that take on the podcast on, uh, on Tuesday. I'm ignoring Scotty. Um, yeah, we have, uh, are you you going to mute me? Tony reality. Jesus, get out of here. (laughs) See, I have the power to do that. And you forget that I am like a producer. Like my full-time job is producing, so it's it's pretty easy. If I want to mute Scotty, I can I can mute Scotty anytime I want. Um, but yeah, Quentin Johnston getting drafted by the uh, Chargers. Uh, so the draft so far has been super has been super fun. It's been up and down. Um, I just want everyone to know, based off of what that conversation between the two of you was. Uh, I am an Eagles fan. I am not mad about the Eagles getting the blessed the best player in the entire NFL draft. Um, it is undeniable. Jalen Carter has been the best player. I am not mad about that, but we will get into more details about it. I felt the need to kind of clarify that before we get into some fair. of the gritty here. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's fair. Yeah, I know. So, so some, some you're, you things. also both just, uh, anyway, uh, let's, let's start at the top of the draft. Let's start at the top of the draft. Uh, number right. one, Bryce Young. Don't think that's a surprise Easy. to anybody. Um, nope. I felt like this was the situation and everything kind of was leading to Bryce Young being the number one overall pick. Uh, you know, look, Bryce Young has, I feel through his play and the quality of his play alone deserves this. You know, this is the, like, this is what he's done to, to get to this point. I mean, For there sure. are a lot of questions about his size, durability, whether or not he can take the hits. I mean, he struggled through sec defensive linemen. We know our big guys, but, now you're facing like the best of the best from the SEC, basically, uh, for the next what seven to ten years at best. Yeah, talking about a and guy who's going to be a really high quality starter in the NFL. That's the point that I was trying to make to you when when we watched that pick live. Jeff was like, if if he had gone to any school other than Alabama, maybe Georgia, um, I'd be more concerned about the size thing. Like if you if you told me he was this uh, five nine. 180 pound quarterback coming out of Oregon. I would not touch that guy anywhere near the top 10. Right. But Alabama, like, you know, he got coached up and you know, obviously how, how talented he was before that. And during his development in Alabama, the size thing to me, yeah, it's a concern, but I don't think it's as big an issue as people are, are going to make it in the NFL because we've seen small guys like Russell Wilson succeed. We've seen small, quarterbacks be good regardless of of uh of how big they are 
uh, but their skill set just makes it them that much better and that much harder to defend. I mean, look, Bryce Young has proven more than enough in terms of the way he plays the quarterback position to be the number one overall pick. However, you know, he's not Russell Wilson. You know, he's not even no. he's not even Kyler Murray, Jalen Hurts. Like this guy is built from a dense bone density and muscle mass standpoint of any of the three of us. You know, we're we're all not that far from that 180 to 190 mark. If we need to get up there, I'm sure we all be able well, to. He's got it in a better place than I do. Yeah, well, I, I think that's I think that's different true. 180. <laughs> I think that's true for everybody, but at the same time. This makes no sense. He's the best quarterback in this class. I don't think it's For close. Sure. And if you're going to take a gamble based off the way that the modern NFL operates, Bryce Young seems to be the consensus number one overall pick. Yeah. I mean, he was, they got him. I, I feel like that was, you know, that, that, but that was predicted. And I think everyone, even hours before kind of knew, and then the draft really again started at two, right? Like that's where, it was funny. I, I we were going to the draft in our mock draft, right? We we took C.J. Stroud, and that was like where I thought it would go. And that too, it right? You had that him way. too. Yeah, and you had and, that pick. And uh, and Jeff was even like, "Yeah, that's what I would do there." And like all the smoke came out, right? And guess what? They end up sitting there and doing the right yeah. thing, get, taking C.J. Stroud, which is like, for sure. I think that's where the whole draft, and then and then trading up to three, like the Texans up top. It was a what the fuck is going on? This is wild moment. <laughs> yeah, with within the first three picks, all of a sudden have the second and third pick both belong to the Houston Texans uh, in exchange for a future first round pick. I mean, that, that's how highly they think of, you know, Will Anderson. They which, gave up a lot. Yeah, they did. But at the same time, like, hey, we get our quarterback and we're going to get somebody who has a very high chance of being a pro bowler disruptor borderline all pro type guy within the next couple of years. And what's wild is at the time we thought that Arizona had really fleeced Houston, right? With, with what, with what Arizona or with what Houston had given up, right? They had swapped picks uh, to Arizona getting the 12th. And then there was a future first round uh, involved. There's been so many moves tonight. I, I'm blindsided. Fit, yeah. Um, but, Fit, but 10 of the like, first 15 picks were traded. Yeah. So, yeah. so we initially had thought that, that Houston had, had gotten fleeced and then they ended up getting Will Anderson and Arizona made a ridiculous trade on top of that to, to end up getting an, an offensive tackle in Paris Johnson uh, at, uh, what was it? At the six pick or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So, like, and, and Vito nailed it. Like, we, there's been a ton of, crazy trades that have kind of slipped in here, especially ones that we weren't 100% sure would even be plausible, but finally get done. What's the biggest surprise of the top 10 so far for you guys? Oof. I, have you got one? Because I got one in mind, Vito. Honestly, you know what's crazy is probably for me, there's two. There's obviously Jalen Carter falling, but I actually think at five, for me, I was surprised that that the Seahawks went with Devin Witherspoon. I like the pick. I just thought that they would have gotten Jalen Carter there. I thought that was a slam dunk. Yeah. And I, I'm sure. shocked that that didn't happen. Um, I don't know about other people. But for me, that was the biggest surprise, which may seem small because he was still a high pick. But, uh, yeah, that, that was it for me. 
Yeah, five. That, but I and I said this to to Jeff before you hopped on uh, to our viewing party. Opposite of uh, Tariq Woolen, I think that makes a lot of sense as a complimentary corner because Devin Witherspoon can drop in. He's like he's a lot like Jalen Ramsey was there, uh, right? You could uh, you could slot him into the into the uh, into the nickel, and he can defend the run. Um, he's he's long and athletic enough to defend the pass in man or in zone. Um, and, and opposite Tariq Woolen, who's the most long, speedy, athletic guy uh, on on the other corner, who's going to cover the one. Like I think that's a great compliment. Um, so yeah, uh, what other surprises did you have, Vito? I mean, it was it was that, and then I think, well, I think it was who traded and when and who they drafted. Like yeah. Because that was what, that was one of my surprises. Like obviously, was, I think I think the Lions trading up and getting Gibbs was a little bit wild. I don't know, Jeff. What about you? These running backs went early, but J- Jameer Gibbs going twelve to Detroit is unreal. And like, again, I, I know he had become like a hot name, and he is a really really like awesome player. But like we had two running backs go in the top twelve of the draft this year. Yeah. And I know that both of them can do things on the outside and do things that are, are, are outside of the traditional role of running back. But I mean, Jameer Gibbs for as good as he is like 12. Yeah. Like if you're Detroit, like Detroit has a chance to hold on to their pick and draft Jalen Carter and pay, pair Jalen Carter with Aiden Hutchinson. Or draft next- any of the cornerbacks. Yeah, I mean, well, yeah, at that <laughs> point, I mean, Devin Witherspoon was off the board because they, the yeah, but I like, think at six, but like they had a Shaw Gonzalez and JPJ on the board was still there, and it, Emmanuel it Forbes was, was still there for a team that has, you know, uh, Devin Singletary and DeAndre Swift both under contract for this year. And again, I know Jameer David Gibbs, Montgomery clean that up. I'm oh, sorry, David Montgomery, my bad, not yeah. Singletary. No, you're good. Um, but either way, like you have two really solid running backs. And I know that with Jameer Gibbs, you can set, set him up in the slot. You can literally just put him out as a wide receiver. He's an awesome weapon to have. But there are a lot of other holes. Not to mention, like, the offensive line for Detroit is already so good. It's so, so solid. So you don't need to draft anybody there. But if we're talking about dominating yeah. the line of scrimmage, you go out and you get Aiden Hutchinson number two overall last year, and then all of a sudden you you bring in you know Jameer Gibbs like when you could have Jalen Carter to go up with Aiden Hutchinson like it yeah. just the whole the whole pick made no sense to me. Um, and along the same lines, I'd say the Bijan Robinson pick. You know, like and this is Falcons, what, what yeah. this is what Vito was alluding to about me. Yeah, stop. I will say this now as an Eagles fan, I am not mad about the Eagles ending up with the best player in the entire draft in Jalen Carter. I'm not mad about that. However, what made me more mad is this thought of thinking about this Atlanta team that has Cordell Patterson and Tyler Algier. Tyler who's Algier, a thousand yard rusher, thousand <laughs> yard rusher last year. And you also have Drake London on the outside and you have Kyle Pitts. You're you're building up your team backwards. Your and what quarterback? Your offensive and defensive line are both terrible. 
You have the eighth pick. This is the third year in a row that you've had a top 10 pick. That and you an aging spent, secondary. <laughs> that you have spent that top 10 pick on a tight end, a wide receiver, and a running back. And your offensive and defensive lines are still both shit. And as much as I love Desmond Ritter, Desmond Ritter can't do shit behind a terrible offensive line. Doesn't matter who you have back yeah, there. Right. So the frustration and the anger that comes from me, yes, I wanted the Eagles to draft Bijan. That was my goal. But it's very similar to last year. Last year, I wanted the Eagles to go out and get Kyle Hamilton. They went out and they got Jordan Davis. Jordan Davis and AJ Brown. And well, AJ Brown too, but I just mean from that one pick <laughs> from the, the Jordan Davis pick when they traded up, I wanted them to get Kyle Hamilton for that specific pick. And they didn't. They end up getting Jordan Davis. They pass on Kyle Hamilton. Kyle Hamilton was a stud as a rookie for the for the Ravens. Um, and Jordan Davis was really solid. And he's gonna be better next year. And now in this year's class, the two best players that were on the board, like Easily, the two best players on the board were Bijan Robinson and Jalen Kirk, uh, Jalen Clark. Well, you, you get a chance as the Eagles to draft mm-hmm. one of those two elite level players. You take it ten times out of ten. Even as much as I wanted Bijan Robinson, Jalen Carter was the answer. Yeah, and and the Falcons pick to go more into that, like. So first of all, I, I mean, we do forget they have Chris Lundstrom, they have Caleb McGarry, like they have some good linemen, but they they still were blown up a lot on both sides. So they they still needed some help. And not to mention on that, Algier was like, he was fifth overall in running backs in PFF. Cordell yeah. Patterson was 12th. Oh, and then by the way, Caleb oh. Huntley came in and anytime they needed a third down, that third tier guy yeah. for them was actually really good. So like, when you think of the Eagles, you think like, oh, Kenny Galladay getting the ball, Boston Scott, those guys, they had an even better setup at running back than he, a lot of people thought. They just obviously, to your point, Jeff, needed some line play. And at that point, like if you, you know, if Paris Johnson Jr. goes, whatever, you trade back. But I just couldn't believe, to your point, and even there's so many good defensive players still. For, uh, for that sure. That was the other and, thing. And I even mean, if you, I mean, why even not if you just do... go ahead and take, if you're not going to take Jalen Carter there, like, I mean, what about even Darnell Wright? Just get your other tackle. Why are you exactly. going running back? Exactly. I was like, even if you do commit to to offense, like either go re- uh, uh, offensive lineman or receiver, like they just lost their probably second best option as a receiver because Kyle Pitts has been garbage over the past two years. And Drake London is had a, a really good rookie year, but they just lost to Chaos, who was their like third best option. He went to the Eagles, right, Jeff? Uh, zucchini as you call him <laughs> yeah uh, so so Zucanus, yeah so yeah so that's that was their third best option passing the ball and so if you're going to ask desmond ritter to pass the ball uh, look i get Bijan's a, a weapon out of the backfield but like it doesn't make sense to me that you would draft that as as his out rather than drafting people around him to protect him like on the on the offensive line Yeah, no, I, I'm I'm with I, I'm with the understanding of why they end up making the pick when they made the pick. But at the same time, from a fundamental like, hey, this is how I'm building up my roster. It's just backwards. Like Bijan, Bijan will come in and make your offense better. It doesn't matter what team in the NFL it is. You can pick 
any team in the NFL, Bijan Robinson is an addition. That is how good he is. But for this for this Falcons team going into year three with Arthur Smith and this front office, I there's it doesn't matter. Like like Bijan, Drake London, and Kyle Pitts could all be incredible. But the offensive line being shit in front of Desmond Ritter is a exactly. bigger pre- problem. And it's just it's just the nature of how it is right now. And like I I like Bijan and I think Bijan deserves to be on a team that can use him in a way that will actually like make him an asset. And going to Atlanta is going to a team that has no plan and is going to make your life that it's like when not I'm going to push back a little on that cuz like I said like they do have Chris Lundstrom's the best guard, it, it, one of the best guards in the NFL. Caleb McCarry and Jake Matthews are both top 15 guys at tackle. Like, they have some places. It's just, I, I, for whatever reason, they can't put it together, I, I, whatever it is. But, like, maybe this is a smart thing. Steelers- a, guy, a guy in the slot, Christian McCaffrey type, that can have 100 touches this season and take a lot of pressure off of your new quarterback. The problem is that they're going to have to ask him to do that instead of just easing him into that. Who and then risk him getting injured in his first pick. two years. No one eases in as a top 10 pick. Nobody. Yeah, Even but, a running back in the third round ends up starting. Algier last year was sixth whenever he was drafted. And he, and he was a thousand. He had touched about 300 times. Like no one gets eased in. Not a running back. No, you're, you're right. But look at Najee Harris. Najee Harris has had back-to-back thousand yard seasons mm-hmm. since he was a rookie. What have the Steelers done? Absolutely nothing with, with no offensive line, although they did draft an offensive lineman. So let's say, let's give, the, like, to your point, Vito, let's give the, the, the Falcons the benefit of the doubt and say, Hey, the Falcons as an offensive line are better than the Steelers of two years ago. Najee, who is on that same level is nowhere near the player that like we hoped and saw in college because he's playing for a franchise that overreached for him, that was not in a position to compete for wins and essentially used his body for two years where it's like, if you are like, there's no doubt that the best, the but, best landing spot for, for Bijan was the Eagles. It's not even close. If you're Bijan, that is the place because you will probably touch the ball a hundred plus times this year, but your body's also probably going to get breaking down like a motherfucker. And and I don't mean to sound like a homer because you're absolutely right about the body getting broken down, but this is the almost a similar situation that Saquon Barkley was in when he got drafted. It was a team that had four wins that was in in the top five uh, on the draft board. I think he got drafted third overall, second or third overall, um, and ended up what now five years down the road, four years down the road, finally making the playoffs on that team after, after it's, two it's, really gruesome injuries. Right. So, and it's uh, not it's, just Saquon Scotty. It's Ricky Williams in 2000. It's yeah. Adrian Peterson in 2008. Those guys got drafted because they were so unbelievably gifted at what they did, but the teams that drafted them wasted them. And Bijan is following this line and you can even make the same argument for Zeke. Like, Zeke had an awesome t- stint in Dallas and made had a ton of six stats. They wasted his prime. And and I'll give the Cowboys credit and say, yeah, the Cowboys are better off than most teams. But the bottom line is bad organizations do this. 
They take somebody who is a stud, who an actually competent and good organization could use, and they waste his career. Detroit with Calvin Johnson, like uh, the Cardinals with Larry Fitzgerald, like it, it goes on and on. Bad organization. Right, Super Bowl. <laughs> and he also played for like 20 years. I don't know if that's a good comment, but yeah, the, 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 I, I do no, see what it, you're saying. Cause I think that even the Falcons, it's... well, I mean, he went to, he still had success. Like not every player is going to have that. Okay. I'm nothing, nothing. No one is taking, no one is taking anything away from the individual success of Calvin Johnson, who was a hall right. of fame and Larry Fitzgerald. No one's taking anything away from them. What I'm saying is that organ bad organizations Look at those, call it, you know, the, 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 the storefront things, right? The things that you look at and go, oh, I want to buy that, right? Oh, oh, I want to Bijan, right? I thought, I said to Scott tonight, I thought the Texans might take Bijan at two. That's how two. Yeah. So it's like, you can go and make these moves. <laughs> and that doesn't mean that as individuals, they won't have sick careers. It sucks to see elite level players at the skill position get wasted on bad franchises. doesn't mean that they don't have awesome individual careers because they do. What it means is that bad franchises, instead of building from the interior line, from the defense and offensive line and the quarterback position, will look at a guy like Bijan Robinson or Saquon Barkley, like Dave Gettleman did, or go all the way back to 2000 when Mike Dick had drafted Ricky Williams and go, that guy's going to change our franchise. Because in the modern NFL, that's not how you build teams. It's just no, it's not. not. So those guys can have amazing individual careers, and they will. Bijan's going to have – he's going to be a stat monster in the NFL. He's going to be a top 10 fantasy pick, undoubtedly. The problem mm. is, in terms of the significance of the NFL – the majority of those guys end up having insignificant careers. Instead, we see Isaiah Pacheco come out as a seventh round draft pick for a good team who knows how to use him and turn that guy who was a seventh round draft pick into a dude who could be one of the you know most effective running backs in the NFL. And that's especially when they just had a first rounder like they, two years before that. Like like Clyde Edwards Lair was, yeah, like two years before that. Yeah. And you get the same value out of a one as a seven, basically. <laughs> That's where they're at. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And it and sucks it's, that and so, Bichon's gonna get sucked. Uh oh. Oh, Jeff, I think you cut out. You might cut but out. What I was gonna say is that um the uh like I think we think the pick is bad for different reasons. I think the pick's bad because like I think the line's okay. I think all this stuff, I just think you already had running backs like there. That's not, you shouldn't draft for a position need I get in the top 10. I just don't think that like there were still great defensive players out there that I would have taken or linemen. And, and that's really what it is. It's just a bad comparison pick. And, and uh, like, I love what Howie said. So going back to the Eagles, Howie was just like in an interview before the draft saying how, listen, we don't plan on picking in the top 10 a lot. Like, that's not a thing. So we know when we're here, we're going to take advantage to take the best player we can. And then the best, the number one player on a lot of people's boards just fall to them at, at well, it was falling to nine. And they did the right thing of, of trading up and getting that, getting that nine spot, pick. Yeah. yeah, that was the right move right there. Well, yeah. and that's what Howie does. Like, that's like, like that, like yeah. Howie, 
I, I have no doubt that at, at one point in time, Howie had Bijan and Jalen Carter and those two guys on his board. Bijan goes, and then all of a sudden, you're sitting there at nine. And that deal to give up a fourth round pick to a fourth round pick that you're giving away to then move up from 10 to nine to then get the best player in the draft is insane, which is why, like, again, as an Eagles fan, selfishly, yeah, I wanted to see Jalen with Bijan. I wanted to see what that fucking looked like. But when you get the best player in the draft, and you're going to lose Fletcher Cox, who has been a stalwart with the Eagles for a, a close to a decade. And now you're going to get a guy who could potentially be better than Fletcher Cox, you know, and Brandon Graham. And you have Hassan Reddick under, you know, for multiple years. Yeah. And Nicobe Dean's going to be a starting linebacker. So you're going to have Nicole, Jordan Davis, Jalen Carter. You have all guys that like, that's the kind of people around him that Jalen Carter needs to be good. That's, that's what well, all the reports were saying, right? So it's, that's never, a great, it's a huge point. No, it's a yeah. huge point that you're hitting because everyone was worried about, he was in a drag race and, and you know, someone, obviously there's someone died in, in, in the whole incident. And, but the point is, is that like, he's a kid, he's a fucking kid. And I've he's done an amazing dumb shit. athlete. Yeah. And people have people like to Jeff, you said this offline, like, you're talking about going into a room where instantly there are two guys who you knew from college and you looked up to and were leaders in your locker room. Like literally for four years, you get a year off or three years, you get a year away from them. And now you're back. Like that's it. Talk about a setup. Like that, that's exactly I said, what you I said the same thing. To, yeah. I said the same thing to Scotty earlier. It's like, think about when you were in like college, whatever organization you were in and there was like the, you know, the junior or the senior when you were a sophomore, you know, who, who would bully you. It's like, dude, like they were like a year older than you, but you had respect for them because mm-hmm. it's like this very like, you know, developmentally heavy point of your life, you know, where all of a sudden like you're, you're in this point in your life that you're trying to like grow and develop. And like these people have somehow created weight and, and have some sort of amount of like, Hey, I respect this person even though, you know, and, and that's what it feels like, right? It feels like, hey, if Jalen Carter has N'Kobe Dean and Jordan Davis around him, that's going to help him a ton. I still think even if he didn't have those guys around him, I still think just because of a couple of things that happened in college, Jalen Carter's not going to be a bust. Like, at worst case scenario, he turns into, like, just a really, really productive – he turns into Javon Hargrave. Like, worst case scenario for Jalen Carter. That, I mean – that's he turns into that's a high Javon. worst case scenario, but I love. Yeah, it. I hope so. I mean, since he's on what, my like, team, Javay, but Javon Hardgrave was like, he's what, like a top fifteen, top twenty D tackle, like for for what I Jalen hope so. Carter for what Jalen Carter is supposed to be based off of where he was drafted, where he was projected, what his tape says to this point, he should be the next Aaron Donald. Like that's that's the level of like if he's the best player in this draft. In terms of you can look at Daniel Jeremiah, Mel Kuyper, Todd McShay, pick whatever draft analyst you want. Jalen Carter is supposed to be the best player in this draft. You know, Trevon Walker yeah. last year, right, was supposed was similar, very similar coming out of Georgia. He might have a similar year to Javon Walker, and we might come back a year from now and be like, oh, was Jalen Carter actually a great guy? I still think Trevon Walker next year is going to be really fucking good for the Jaguars. Oh, yeah. yeah. And I think this year, 
I, I think Jalen Carter will have his ups, will have his downs. Ultimately, he's still going to be a really fucking good player. Even if his his floor is, a you know, a starting D tackle in the NFL, that's a really, really valuable asset for a team that has Super Bowl aspirations who you can have I think it's starting. Than that, Jeff. Well, but I'm talking about his floor. His ceiling yeah, I, is I still think his floor is – no, I think his floor is higher than that. Well, either way, let's say his floor is that low. That means that a team that's going to hopefully be competing for Super Bowls for the next, you know, five, six years is going to have as as a, a starting caliber defensive tackle under rookie contract for the next five years. Yeah. So I, I got to ask you guys about another pick here. The Anthony Richardson pick. Yeah. F4. Well, so, so I, I loved this. Yeah, me too. I absolutely loved it. I know other people, I, I never got the Will Levis hype. I mean, we're sitting here. We've had a couple of picks go by. We had Jordan Addison go to you. Uh, yeah, go to we, do, we should do some cleanup. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, Deontay Banks went to the Giants, the corner from Maryland. So, well, the Giants uh, made a trade with Jacksonville just here at 24. Yeah. Uh, and so team. as all that happened, like, I guess what I'm saying is that we're sitting here and we're at 25 now. Will Levis still hasn't been taken. I didn't buy the hype about him going early in, the, in this round anyway. Um, but Anthony Richardson, I thought, was definitely a guy. Like, this is where I had him pegged, was going to four. Um, and and I think, like, because obviously three was the Cardinals. They didn't need a quarterback. But this seems like a, a system where towards the end of the year, they got their offense. Jeff Saturday reinvigorated the offensive line a little bit. Uh, but, but for real, then, then the running game was off last year. But you know they're going to come back. Jonathan Taylor is still a beast. Like he does have some some pieces around him. They need to figure out a couple other things. Obviously, the defense they're missing their star linebacker last year for like most of the year. They're going to be a better team overall. But like, what do you guys think about that situation? It, and, and what do you, I, how do you think I, this changes them? Like, if you do you think they'll pick still around this time, or do you think they're going to really improve their draft? I position? I still think they're going to be a top five pick next year. Yeah, is because it, unless unless Jim Irsay brings the the full blown owner boss hammer down and says, "Hey, Anthony Richardson is starting or multiple games this upcoming year," which very well might happen. Um, Jim Irsay, yeah, <laughs> but yeah, it's, as as I delightfully called him earlier, pug face. Dude, the clip, <laughs> the clip of him, dude, the clip of him in the war room, front and center. It was total and- pug face. And oh my god! I think the like the pick is great. Well, hold up, Sky. Uh, before you go, let me let me finish because I I was I have I have thoughts here on Anthony Richardson because right. he is the most polarizing. Oh let me get a beer. Player. <laughs> He's the most polarizing player in this entire draft. It's not even close. Uh huh. I am dumbfounded by the fact that he ended up going to the Colts. And the Colts did a masterful job of sending out the smoke screens, right? Because oh, yeah. everybody thought oh, yeah. the Colts were all in on Will Levis. They were not all in on Will Levis. They go with Anthony Richardson. And I don't hate it for the Colts. Like, if I'm the Colts and you're telling me, hey, you can take Anthony Richardson or Will Levis, but you have to take a quarterback, I'm taking Anthony Richardson. Sam. Not because he's the, he was terrible this year. I'll, I'll go. I've said it a million times. I'll continue to say it. He was a bad quarterback this year in the, S, in the SEC. But what he does have are traits and moldability. And if you're the Colts, 
if you're smart and Frank Reich is a great coach to have a guy like, or sorry, Frank Reich's not the head coach anymore. Fuck. Shane Steichen is still <laughs> a very, very good coach. The other Philadelphia offensive coordinator. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, the last time we were in the Super Bowl. Sorry. Uh, Shane Steichen is going to be a very, very, very good barometer in terms of how Anthony Richardson can develop as a quarterback. If you have a guy like Shane Steichen, he will develop Anthony Richardson. He will make him a better player in the short term, like he did with Jalen when Jalen couldn't throw and couldn't see the field and you can use his legs and physicality to, to be a successful football team. The Colts have that with Shane Steichen, but then also you have a guy that can, and this is probably the most underrated part of this. Assuming Shane Steichen is calling plays having a coordinator and a play caller who understands the progression, right? There's a lot of play callers in the NFL who go like, Hey, I had a rookie quarterback. He sucked as a rookie. He struggled. Okay. Second year, he's going to be way better. So here's way more difficult things in front of you. Shane Steichen will mold the offense to Anthony Richardson in either maybe the tail end of year one, but more than like we're talking about year two here where Mm -hmm. he's gotten a year with Shane Steichen, but also he's gotten a year to develop and Shane Steichen can call the plays that will set Anthony Richardson up for success. Where it's like, I, I think in terms of head coach and quarterback pairings, I'd rather give Anthony Richardson to Shane Steichen than D'Amico Ryans. No offense to D'Amico Ryans. Oh, for sure. Uh, Josh McDaniels, same thing. Pete Carroll. I I like Pete Carroll, but not Josh. Yeah. This is the one where we're talking about a young offensive coordinator, now head coach who knows how to call plays, who knows how to set up Anthony Richardson to be successful in the short term but also in the long-term because so much of Jalen's success over the last two years came from play calling. Yeah. That also comes with a lot of the reads at the line of scrimmage. But the one thing about Anthony Richardson that gets overlooked is that like he was actually pretty good with decision-making in terms of, in terms of what he saw in coverage and the option stuff. So you can win games with an athlete of that caliber. I just think it's going to take a little bit and he has to develop that other side of him if he wants to be like a Super Bowl, like MVP type guy, which he can be, he is that good. Well, and that's the thing. I think uh, uh, pre-draft, there was a quote from a GM that said, if Anthony Richardson has 50% of Jalen Hurts' like drive, they said they draft him number one overall. Like yeah. that, it, like the talent is there. If like in Jalen Hurts, right? That's his drive is like probably his X factor of all things. And like, uh, that's crazy. So, oh, we did have a pick come in. I was going to say. Talking. Dalton Kincaid. Dalton Kincaid to the Buffalo Bills. Oh, nobody draft Dawson Knox in your fantasy league next Dude, year. Dalton Kincaid is going to be so good with Buffalo. That's awesome. Those deep seams. Oh, my Dude, God. What real, real, Dud. real quick. We had four wide receivers go in a row. Uh, which we yeah. start, uh, how we, about the olive branch that Baltimore gave to Lamar Jackson after they just extended him for five? Well, years, they huh? gave, that's something we didn't talk about. Yeah, Lamar, 185 million guaranteed, 260 in the contract. Uh, it's about time. And then they go and draft a wide receiver. Yeah, <laughs> they're helping out their boy. Yeah. Oh yeah. So we had a it run only here. took five years. Jackson Smith and Jigba, which happened right as we started recording. 
Quentin Johnson out of TCU is going to the Los Angeles Chargers. Zay Flowers going to Boston College. And then Jordan Addison from USC and Pitt going to the Minnesota Vikings. I guess they're hanging by their boy uh, Kirk Cousins here. But um, Hey, no, that's nasty. They just extended Justin Jefferson, rightfully. So go get another guy to pair him on the other side. Yeah, they needed a number two. They lost out on Thielen. That's a great pick. Uh, God damn it, Vikings. Like, it's just wild that, like, I don't know. Their secondary still sucks, but. Well, they drafted Randy Moss, right? For me, I don't know about you guys. They're a team that I always think I'm like, they just always, it's Stephon Diggs and traded him. They just always. (laughs) They were a wide receiver away. (laughs) Yeah. Like, no, they always have them. They always have them. Sydney Rice. Wasn't Sydney? Yeah. yeah. (laughs) I'm trying to to think of who's the most obscure, like, Minnesota wide receiver I can think of. Of course. This is set up perfectly for Dallas to draft Michael Mike, too. Well, hey, the fact that B- Buffalo got Dalton Kincaid ahead of him, I'll take that. Though I, I said last week, I do think Michael Myers the better tight end prospect if I was going to have one. I got to get throwback. Well, who Charlie picked? Who, wait, who, is, who is the one that picked Michael Mayer for the Cowboys? Was it oh, you, Scotty? Yeah, it wasn't was me. me. That was me. It was Vito, because you said the Cowboys aren't passing up an opportunity to draft a Jason Witten double. Yep. And Let's then see. literally on the broadcast, Kuyper's comparing him to Jason Witten. Yeah, yeah, he is. <laughs> shout How out. How do you shout feel, out. though? Go, I want to go back to the Zay Flowers to Baltimore uh, thing for a minute, because to me, it's like, I, first of all, I wasn't super high on his tape, like, I said that during the the podcast in our in our mock draft, like the the drops are a problem. Great route runner, can't catch the ball when it's contested. Uh, I don't agree with Mike Beecher deep. I, I just I don't I don't see a, a rationale where he's any different than like a Hollywood Brown, and maybe not even that. Yeah, I disagree uh, too. Yeah, I, I, think th- I think he's I think he's he's the explosiveness of Hollywood Brown, but he's a far more reliable receiver i know what you mean like there are moments in his tape i think i think what what has to be put into context with zay flowers is what he had to deal with from the quarterback position and the offense that he worked for sure for sure Um, yeah you know it's like Jahan dotson like Jahan dotson was a stud but Jahan dotson also had drop issues you know if you wanted to spin that argument for Jahan last year you very very easily could um but we all have seen Jahan make enough plays that we said, no, like we're, we're past that. Like, I, I don't care. Look at the quarterback. And you saw at the last year in his rookie year. Look at the yeah. fact that he was being double teamed at all times. And he made tons of plays. Zay flowers to Love me. I think, I, I think it's a very Jahan Dotson. I think is actually a very similar comp. Um, and I think you're also, he's, I actually had this thought like a week ago, but I was like, Zay flowers is kind of like the Jalen hurts of, wide receivers with the with the exception of like not having the big stage moments that Jalen did but just in that mentality of like everybody has doubted this dude from day one and I remember at the start of NIL uh, I was still working on ESPNU at the time and talking to Jeff Halfley who was the head coach at BC and the conversation was like hey Zay Flowers is coming back this year and he said, he's like, he had thousands and thousands of dollars of opportunities at other schools. 
and he decided to turn it down to come back to Boston College. And that was with a banged up Phil, Phil Jakovic and all the, the terrible offensive line, all this stuff. He's just – he's a loyal fucking dude. And oh, honestly, I think – Maybe he just likes chowder. I don't know. <laughs> I think he's a perfect fit for a guy like Lamar who needs a dude who's just going to be like his his little like right-hand man, golden retriever, energizer bunny type person because that's that, <laughs> that's the personality of Zay Flowers. So I, I love it. Um, yeah. and it. Look, if you're Baltimore too – you don't want to be in a spot that the Packers have been for the last five years. That quarterback yell at you yes. about not driving a wide, drafting a wide receiver. They drafted a wide receiver, and now it's going to be all right. The Cowboys are drafting yeah. right now. The selection is in with the twenty-sixth pick. They take Mozzie Smith, hmm. defensive tackle out of Michigan. I respect that. Now there's a there's a long-standing thing I've I've heard on uh, my my buddy Andy Staples uh, used to say, which was that when you are a rival team and you could Andy paper give, clips and you could you could give the a, a dose of truth serum against the opposing team's coach, right? Like, what's the one thing that you don't want to see from the opposing team's coach? Uh, if the Cowboys fans were to do it to Nick Sirianni the answer would have been don't draft Mike Mayer. That's what Nick Sirianni would have said. Um, so as an Eagles fan, this is about as good as it gets. Get middle of the road, <laughs> a D tackle against the best offensive line in football. Yeah, I'm just saying this guy is a beast. Like this dude. He's a baller, dude. He's yeah. huge. He's great. <laughs> huge. No, this guy is like, like I actually, I'm surprisingly, I like this pick a lot for them. They need a guy who can plug up the middle. Uh, I would actually say I would hate for a team to do exactly what we said teams should do, build from the inside out. Like, oh, this is a great pick. J- hitting the Vito, line JPJ up. to Jacksonville. Oh, baby. In the long term, uh, term I, don't, I don't disagree with Vito. I don't disagree with you. In the long term, uh-huh. 100%. This is a good yeah. move. Like, this, this, to your point, the Cowboys usually don't – they usually, on the, on the GM side, make some wild moves. Free agency, they'll go buy good players. For but sure. the draft's been hit or miss for sure, and, like – um, this is, uh, I, I'm surprised that I like this pick this much. I would have rather the tight end if I'm like just objectively. Right. But to your point, like when something makes so much sense and you don't do it now, I'm wondering how folly far is. Cause like, I bet you, I, I, I think right now we got, we got Jacksonville on the clock right now. Yeah. I, I think tight ends a I mean, perfect Michael Mayer. Yeah, they got help Evan you in the running game. No, He's going to help you in the Ingram, passing game. I think, I think Ingram's did Ingram leave? No. Uh, I mean, he had, a, he had a pretty good year, but no, no, no. But I know he had a good year. I thought he was on a one year deal though. Yeah. He he's was. with they the resigned him. Oh, they did. Okay. I still would take Michael Mayer. Yeah, I know. Seriously. I mean, the board is crazy. Like the fact like it's this, this draft has just been flat out drunk. Yeah, I mean, I've enjoyed it. It's been so fun. I've been drinking the whole time. I, I I'll say you what. Say, if yeah, Will there's, there's picked, definitely. And we're gonna do it tomorrow for rounds two yeah. and three when it's raining all day on the East Coast. Yep. And then <laughs> right. Saturday, waking up, doing the whole thing again. I might get a Hall of Fame visit in this weekend. Who knows, boys? Okay. Uh, At the time that we talk right now, we have uh, with the Jacksonville Jaguars on the clock. We have Will Levis, Nolan Smith, 
Michael Mayer, Joe, Joey Porter Jr., Miles Murphy, Brian Branch, Luke Musgrave, uh, Hendon Hooker still on the board, Steve Oliva still on the board, Darnell Washington out of Georgia still on the board, Osiris Torrance, offensive guard from Florida. Um, it's going to be interesting. Do we th- here's, a, here's a fun question. Do we think the Eagles take their uh, second first-round pick this year? Because the, the yes. trades, we've had a lot of trades. And so it feels like because I, we've had so many in a row, I'm like, man, we haven't a trade in a middle in a little bit. I, here's it's like there have been seven trades tonight. <laughs> I think they they know what guy they want at 30. And if he's not there, then they'll trade out. I think that's true. Eagles are if he's really not there, they'll trade out. And I and and I don't know who it is. It could be a Brian Branch at safety. It could be it could be one of the uh the offensive linemen to add Nolan to Smith. Add. Um, let's just go yeah. all. Let's just go all Georgia. That would be amazing. Let's just go Why all not? Georgia. Give me, give me Nolan Smith. Jameer that team was pretty Smith. goddamn good, so he might as well. Go you know who I'm gonna him. call? The other guy I wouldn't mind seeing, and I know he's not projected to go aside, but like Brian Breesy from Clemson. Yeah, I actually I yeah. really like that guy. I'm, of, I'm surprised. Jeff had him in it, to New Orleans at uh, late. Yeah, yeah, I do. Yeah, I mean it's interesting when you look at like. If we if we're looking at just guys that sh- probably shouldn't have been drafted in the first round, um, there's an argument to be made for Jameer Gibbs. That's probably where it starts. Uh, and yeah, and like, look, like, I understand his playmaking. He was probably always going to be a first round pick, so I'm not super butthurt about that. Uh, Lucas Van Ness, really yeah. really solid D edge, but it seemed like it was very 50 50 on NFL teams. Will McDonald. Um, that one was Jack Campbell should not yeah. probably definitely Jack Campbell was the biggest one for me. Like but that's if, look, the, if the you one that fall, doesn't belong. But if you fall in love with one of those guys, right. And you have a second pick in the first round and you don't think he's going to be there in the second. I mean, it's, it's a very Dan Campbell pick. I guess that's the and best. You're right. It's an, in, it's an inside linebacker from Iowa. Feels like Dan Campbell feels like that's a guy who probably to your point fell in love with him. It was like, I don't care especially when you had another first, right? It's like, yeah. you know what? I'm taking a guy who I trust with my defense and I'm a defense, like, you know, well, he, that kind feels, of guy. he feels very much like Malcolm Rodriguez, right? Like who was yeah. there like fifth round linebacker last year who played really good football for them last year. And, and they, they have he was two in the second 12. and two in the third. Yeah. Well, that's the so. thing. Too. They have other opportunities. Um, but we have, how many more picks we got? We got what four, five four. more picks. Four, five more picks. The Jaguars pick is in. We're gonna roll with you guys oh, here sorry. at the end of the first, and you can hear us kind of react to it in real time. Um, I mean, the Will Levis drop is surprising. I'm not. It's, I'm by not the way, shocked. his girlfriend. His girlfriend's on right now, and like which one though? Like, there's four girls on the screen. I cannot nah, tell the one that's which one sitting, is his girlfriend. The, the one that's sitting there's two right. tall blondes that are like trees, and then and then the probably the one his in the family. Red dress, the brunette. That one's yeah. probably his family. His uh, girlfriend there, holy new, <laughs> holy nose job, Batman. Um, but she's also fine as hell. All right, Jacksonville's pick is in. We're out. We're rolling here live. This type of read option shit. Everyone's had a few beers. Anton Harrison, huh? Of Oklahoma. Wow. All right, so the Eagles are going to walk away with two Georgia defensive linemen. That's what I'm taking away from this. <laughs> Um, Anton look, Harrison. You, you, now you're playing tackle. the offensive the, tackle. 
Yeah, he pl- he's a left tackle. He'll play the Trent Williams game. He's got the same measurables as 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 Trent Williams. Well, Buffalo it's worth it's University. it's worth noting. Um, Cam Robinson uh, got busted for some PED stuff this uh, this week, so it looks like he's going to face some sort of suspension. Um, my guess is they probably wanted him to play right tackle so that Cam Robinson would play left tackle. But hey, Anton, you might get thrown into left tackle as a rookie here. <laughs> I, um, I love the I love the pick though you know as good as as the Jaguars were last year they lost their best offensive lineman in the offseason so yeah. go out and get get a guy who you know will be a solid fit on your team to protect your your main asset at quarterback who you're going to have to extend in the next two years yeah, yeah I mean, but they, but at the same time though like. What happened in that um, playoff game? Weren't they down? Was it 28, 31? How much was it? 31, nothing? Yeah, it was uh, 27. It was 20, 27, 27 or 28. Or 28. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was like 31 to, yeah, some number. Um, I don't know if the offense is the issue with this Jacksonville team. That's what I was saying, JPJ. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it would have been good, but uh, to your point, there, there, no one on their whole offensive line ranked in the top half of their positions. Yeah. The so, like, even Cam Robinson, at including Scherf, and their best, their not, best like offensive lineman that's is also not going to be off. Yeah. Yeah. Scherf wasn't even, which is crazy. Wow. That's wild. Yeah. But you're also getting, like, yeah, you're, you're right. Like, ultimately, hey, you got a pick in this range. I'm surprised. I mean, I guess, look, Broderick Jones is gone. Um, and basically the top three offensive. Yeah, the rest are interior. Are all gone. Like Osiris Torrance is on the board still, but that's interior. Darnell Wright was a tackle. Uh, and then Skronsky was like a guard co- tackle combo. Paris Johnson tackle. So like all the top tackles are gone, which is kind of why it feels like it's a reach. Like I'd be shocked if you asked Jacksonville, like, hey, was Anton Harrison the number one player on your board in terms of your grade? I would think they would have to say no. Then, then no. don't trade out. Like, I, like I don't understand. Yeah, I, I mean, agree that. Yeah, you're not wrong, but at the same time, like they're picking up assets. They know they have to pay Trevor Lawrence, so as many bites at the apple to get like good players. And look, Anton Harrison, we've seen it a million times, right? Like last year, I was so dead in on the fact that Charles Cross was going to be dog shit. And he ended up being the best offensive tackle in the rookie class. Yeah. So it's like what a, <laughs> the rookie. Yeah. Real quick. So <laughs> picks in for the Bengals. You guys think they go offense or defense here? Uh, JPJ. Every pick's going to be JPJ. For I think, me. I think Joey Porter Jr. Makes a lot of sense here. It does, but it's not going to be, I think it's going to be miles Murphy Clemson. Oh, nailed it. <laughs> there it is. Yeah, the we can't pay Trey Hendrickson in two years uh, pick. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, edge rushers, ultimately, I mean, Joey Porter Jr. is a really, really good idea there because I'm shocked he hasn't been taken, by the way. Um, I think Jack, I I thought he would do it. You guys could get him at 30. (laughs) I mean, if he falls to 30, it's not a bad pick. But the Eagles also, I mean, they have Bradbury and Slay wrapped up for three years. So it's like. Yeah, but he can. He, that's the thing. He can go back and play safety too. 
Which, he's long. Yeah. Like you might as well. But if I'm going, if, if, if he I'm doesn't have to good, start either on that team, I'm the Eagles and Nolan Smith is there at 31. That's the no brainer pick. You take the, you take, you take the edge rusher. You're losing Brandon Graham. Yeah. You're losing Fletcher Cox. And basically you could come up with a version where we're going to have four Georgia defensive players all on the field at the same time. If, I were, two years. if I'm going secondary, no shade to Joey Porter Jr., who I think honestly, and I, I thought about this and I watched him tape, especially when he was coming out of college. He has a like uh, CJ Gardner Johnson type of like future in the NFL. Like, yeah. Playmaker can play down, can do a bunch of different things. Eagles fans are sad that they lost, you know, CJ Gardner Johnson. Joey Porter Jr. could be that. Like, I, I really do think he has that kind of upside. Um, but we should focus on Miles Murphy. Uh, this, I, yeah, go real, ahead. Real, real, just real quick on this. Uh, yeah. Because this is the first Clemson player we've had. Clemson's defense over the last two years, and I know they play in the ACC. But they also have to had had to go up against Sam Howell and Drake May and Sam Hartman and a bunch of really really interesting, really really good college offenses. And Clemson has been a top five defense in in college football for the last two years. This Clemson defense is good, and I'm telling you right now, if we didn't learn from Christian Wilkins, we're going to learn from Miles Murphy and Brian Breezy. And Vito, you brought them up earlier, but those guys know how to be professionals. They know they have the talent to do it. And also they have the skills as individuals to develop their own talent. Like Miles Murphy is going to be a stud. There's going to be a play in a playoff game over the next three years where it's like Miles Murphy sacked Patrick Mahomes on this huge play for the Cincinnati Bengals to get them to the Thank God. game. Yeah. Oh, yeah I, I, I agree with this Mahomes guy. But how about I got a um, I, I got a stat for you here. Okay. Um, it's actually about a different player, and I want to mention him because I think he could go literally to any of the next three teams. Brian Blanche from Alabama. So we talked about him going around this time anyway. I found this stat after you know we recorded the pod and, and sent out the earlier one about our mock. How about this? I think I know what it is. He, He's missed four tackles out of 174 attempts. Yeah. That is like, if you're in the NFL, you just want your safety to make tackles, right? That's your goal. If they mess up, especially in the playoffs. (laughs) Yeah. And that this is a guy who's done it at the highest level. I mean, just imagine, again, we say it every year with the Georgia and the Bama guys, just like their practices are insane. And, and and just the amount of, of uh, you know, iron sharpens iron all around the, like, their programs, the SEC, all that stuff. This guy, if he can handle it, then like I, I would, I would damn well want him on my team in my secondary. If you if you need that that whole plug, so I could see literally the Saints, the Eagles, or the Chiefs taking a shot at him. You're not you know, wrong. That's why I'm hoping the Niners trade into the first round to go get him. Well, no, because he's <laughs> here's the thing. He's not going to be a first round pick. You don't think so? He is. He is. I, he and this should be. And this is why the second round, in my opinion, is the most valuable round in the NFL draft. The guys who take you from borderline contender to like star player, like really, really good player, like a uh, T. Higgins type of guy, mm-hmm. they always get drafted in the second round. Year after year, 
You can ask the, the analysts and the guys who like do this for a living. The second round is the most important round for championship teams, because that's when you're getting the most value for a cheaper price. I mean, hell, the best version of it is a guy named Jalen Hurts. Yeah. Right? Like those, those are the guys. And that's why at the time I was so pissed as an Eagles fan. I'm like, we're going to spend a second <laughs> round. We're going to spend a second round pick on a quarterback. Little did I know what would happen. And I own up to that wholeheartedly, but that second Better round than Jordan Love and Brian and Brian Branch for as good as he is, is the quintessential second round, early second round pick who is going to be an immediate contributor to a team, but he will not go in the first round. And he probably should, because you're right. Yeah. The Eagles could use him. The Chiefs could use him. The Saints could use him. The last three teams all could. I'd be shocked if one of the last three teams takes him, especially with Nolan Smith still on the board. Nolan Smith ran a 4 4 40. <laughs> a defensive. Can I just, I just, a four, I four, feel, 40, Scott. I feel defensive cheated back. that I feel cheated that we only have 31 picks. There's four oh, picks left, yeah, and I'm right. I'm yeah, very upset. a lot about. in Miami, <laughs> fucking hey, assholes. But yo, shout out to to Kansas City. 125,000 people showed up. Yeah, you know what? Cool. I was gonna imagine waking up every day. Imagine waking up every day knowing that you have to live in Kansas City. I mean, it's actually a really nice have, place. Super and to have city. Patrick Mahomes as your there, quarterback. Yeah, if you haven't been there, you can't knock it. It's the, one of the cleanest cities I've ever been in. Uh, also, cleanest. Yeah. Patrick Mahomes is your quarterback. If I woke yeah. up also, every day, shout out, shout out to our fans in Kansas City. Love them, JT. If I woke Salt up every, us. if I woke up every day and Patrick Mahomes is my quarterback, every single day in Kansas City would be the best day ever. Yeah, yeah, it would. Niners passed on him. They sure did, bud. And yep. they also <sighs> gave up a shit ton of draft capital to get Trey Lance. Who? All right, here we go. Saints pick is in. Raj is that Raj is looking good, looking slim, looking fit. You called that, Jeff. You absolutely nailed that pick. Last two <laughs> picks I nailed. Miles Murphy, Brian. Go. I thought I hoped he would go in the first round. Yeah, no, great pick. Great this pick. is God this damn is. it. Joey Porter I mean, it's Jr. funny. Miles Murphy, it took it. Miles. I, I called Miles Murphy getting drafted, and then I went on my Clemson diatribe, and then Brian Breesey yeah. pops up. All right, so what do you think? The Eagles on the clock here. Well, real quick, Brian Breesey, we can give a little breakdown. We talked about him on the pod on uh, on Tuesday, but, yeah, I mean, look, Brian Breesey, really, really good pro guy. Like, that. ultimately For what sure. you're getting is you're getting a guy who's going to play. He's – the dude works hard too. You know who? You know like, what he is? Hard. You know what he is? And this is gonna feel. And Eagles fans will be mad at me. He's he's Brandon Graham. He's Brandon Graham. He's gonna play three technique in the NFL. He's too yeah. he's too small to play true interior D line. He's too big to play that exterior like edge rusher. But what he's gonna do is he's gonna cause disruption. He's gonna pressure the quarterback. And he's gonna have a long career in the NFL. Yeah, he is, and and he plays a lot for. I think it's what he plays for that that I love most about him. Did you guys catch the? Uh, I can't remember what week it was. It was the middle of the college football season. They did a story on his sister had passed away from like yeah. I think it was some form of cancer. Mm-hmm. Just what a story, man! And it was one of those like Tom Rinaldi stories where you weep at, yeah, uh, because you have nothing to 
better to do it 10 a.m. on a Saturday. Uh, but like, what a story, man! And I'm so I'm so proud of of him and and uh, and what he represents. And and I hope he has a really long, successful career in the NFL to make uh, his family and his sister proud. I really do. I I completely agree. Completely agree. Um, he's had an incredible career. Uh, and he's a really fucking good player, man. He's a leadership yeah. guy. Like I'm telling you, he's he's gonna be Brendan Graham. He's gonna and we always, he's yeah, gonna play always, three technique in the NFL for, for 10 years. He may never so, be a pro bowler, but he's gonna be a really, really fucking good player. Yeah, and, and the thing about him too is like he's one of these guys that was coming out of high school. I think he was the number one kid in his class. Like he's that we always talk about it when we're talking about football. Like academically. Yes. Yes. Scotty. Number one. No, (laughs) he, he literally number one recruit fucking killed it. And he like, you know, again, Clemson didn't have the same success they had. Didn't mean their defense wasn't as good as Jeff was talking about earlier. And like this dude, we always talk about it. If you're a five-star recruit, it means you're projected to go first round the NFL. He was like the number one guy. I think, I think the saints may have gotten a steal here, honestly. So agreed. Um, let's keep everyone up to King because this is live. Um, for us at least. Eagles up five minutes left on the clock. Um, <laughs> Did you just see the stat? <laughs> By the way, 0.1% no. that Will Levis would have dropped out of the top 30. There's no way he's getting picked in this first round at all. <laughs> like the last two teams unless, definitely unless, don't need a quarterback. Look, unless a team trades up. Because look, yeah, having having that fifth year as a first round pick is useful. The Eagles are going through that right now. Right. So it's possible. I think oh, honestly, yeah, though, here we go. Eagles with all the chips. Poor if you. The, if you're the Eagles, like how do you pass up Nolan Smith? I don't think you can. I, I, I mean, I unless you get a no, trade Nolan, that involves a first rounder, Nolan Smith uh, or Joey Porter jr. I would, lo- I would love to see. Well, I would like to see. I'd like. I'd love to have a first round where Howie doesn't trade out. He traded up. He got the best player in the draft. Let's gamble with house money. Let's go get somebody, man. Just throw the baby arm on the table. See Brian Branch. If that that would be it for me, or Nolan Smith. I mean, Brian Branch would be would be nice. Honestly, if you're gonna go for that type of player, I'd rather go Joey Porter Jr. because his range and his size and athleticism, I think, is better than Brian Branch. Like, like I said, Joey Porter Jr. is C.J. Gardner-Johnson, who the Eagles just lost, right? And he's yeah. not going to have to come in and play right away. They can use him in special packages. But knowing Howie Roseman, I think they're happy with Reed Blankenship. I think they're going to be happy with the secondary. And, I, I, dude, like, you're only going to have Brandon Grant. You're going to have these outside rushers for so long. You can go get Nolan Smith, who some people had mocked as a top 10, top 15 player. Give him a 30. I know it's going to feel like, hey, let's just roll out the Georgia defense here. But, I mean, how do you say no to that, man? I don't understand what's wrong with that. That was Jordan, again, Jordan Davis fell one of the them. best defenses Nicole, I've ever seen in my life. And think about it for all these guys. Jordan Davis fell to him. Uh, Nicobe Dean fell to him. And Jalen Carter fell to him. You know, they had to, they traded up for, you know, a spot to get Jordan Davis and to get uh, Jalen Carter, but it's not like we're talking about trading a ton of assets here. Like if those guys fall to you, then let them fucking fall to you. Oh, the Eagles made, oh, a, they pick. made a pick. Yeah. All they right. Made a pick. All right. How we made a pick. <laughs> hey, they're pumped. He's talking to Sirianni. 
That's exactly how I went for Grant. Sirianni is such a stud. What a stud. He, I, dude, I, I, I'm, I'm loving I will the, tell you as a setup. Oh, Everyone's he, in a suit and like all done up. There's a lot yeah. of guys in there. There's a ton of people standing around there all suited all right. up, like not saying anything. I we're, about to get, we're about to get a live. If only we were recording when when uh, Bijan got taken because uh, Scotty thought I probably was going to kill somebody. But I thought you are going to blow a blood vessel. I, I will say this about Sirianni as a non-Eagles fan who is probably your top competition in the NFC. I love Sirianni. And that's I the do. thing. Everyone hates him because they wish he was their coach. Well, I, I wish he was too, but I have Kyle. Personality-wise. Uh, but I still wish I have Sirianni. <laughs> yeah, you'd rather have – no, you'd rather have, you know, Kyle Shanahan. I don't disagree with that. But personality-wise. Uh, not so okay. sure. Like, everyone would love to have a Sirianni as their head coach. Like, I love him, man. Just I, loves. He's everything I said about uh, – about Jeffrey Lurie's on the phone, too. Look at players this. fitting in in Philadelphia. Uh, and when we talked about Jalen and his contract extension, like how much he not only embodies the the franchise, but the city. Like, that is Sirianni to a T, man. 100%, man. To a T. And that's what makes it so fun. And, like, look – when it goes bad, it's gonna be bad. But and everybody's at some, there. At some po- at it's some not point, just. It's not just on an island. But I'd rather him be him and enjoy the ride and be the Nick Sirianni that people love. You know. Uh, all right, here we go. Looks like we're we're zooming in. Got this nice little fountain. Created to the mind. So, quick, quick comments here on on the setup because again, in Kansas City, there's a park, but it's it's a little different. The fact they were able to get this many people there, I think the NFL actually, which is wild, they're getting so many people to draft just from a construction, just visual standpoint. They need to start doing multiple stages. They need to start. To, Taylor Swift needs to advise the NFL on what to do when you get this many people at an event. It's insane. Not uh, wrong. They're going right. to need to get there. All right. Pick is in. Ooh. Guest picks. Yeah, we got people showing up. I think it's maybe another make-a-wish. All right, guess I'm not going to hear it. It's cool. Oh, the Kelsey. Kelsey's mom. Yeah. And dude, oh, really? We got the dude perfect nerds here. How is Donna Kelsey bigger than the dude perfect guys? She is bigger because she's not a fucking dork like these losers. <laughs> Fucking losers. I don't know, man. They make pretty good money for the stupid shit they do. Yeah. There's a lot of there's a lot of losers who make money. Ask Ben Simmons about it. (laughs) Ben Simmons has made more money than people need in a lifetime, and he's a career loser. (laughs) Travis is also an adorable human being, and I, I like him a lot. All right, here we go. I'm sorry if you can hear this at home. I turn on the volume. Donna Kelsey. The Eagles trade the pick. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm 
three for the Georgia go. defense. There we go, go, baby. Please run out Georgia's defense. Let's go. Smith, Let's go. I'm, I'm telling you, it's not a bad strategy. It's That's really the not, best defense man. I've ever seen in my life. Damn, he looks yeah. like he's having a so sick I was going to say, dude, his party looks awesome. It's all white. Everyone's, he's got, oh, this it's is a dope sick. suit. This, yeah. yeah. He's pulling off a dude, double breasted oh, white jacket. With, with the cream, that is a the dope suit. Let's drink champagne. Classy birds. Holy the cream shit. hat with wow. the Kelly Jesus. Green bill. All right, Jeff. The cream hat with the Kelly Green there, bill. The Philadelphia I, Eagles build to the Oh, Jesus. Here he goes. fucking line. That's what we do. That's <laughs> what we fucking do. And we're going to run down your fucking throats, and we're going to sack your fucking weak-ass Jesus. quarterbacks. We're going to have a fucking day. Someone Let's take out go. his battery. <laughs> Let's go. Let's fucking go. <laughs> Let's fucking go, birds. Delco, bro. Delco fucking birds. Going back to the fucking Super Bowl. Fuck your Patrick Mahomes. Send him yeah. back to wherever fucking piece of shit county he came from. Don't get all my hoagie. Go, birds. Let's go. Great pit. Honestly, I had, I had okay. a. All, all you guys will aside. appreciate this. I had jury duty recently. It was a true story. You had and, jury uh, duty recently? No, I wish. Uh, uh. Jerry Judy's been hit or miss <laughs> all season with the Broncos, but uh, that was the joke. I had jury duty and this is during the playoff run and someone legitimately in like in response for roll call said, go birds. Like I've been two other people followed suit. It was fucking beautiful. Respect. Yeah. Respect. I'm not even mad at that. No. I mean, look, the, 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 the other people were getting upset, but it was kind of funny. Oh man. All right. So last pick in the draft here in the first round, 2023. Well, hold, up, hold up. Hold up. Let's give the birds a little bit. Of oh boy. Oh my God. Yeah. Cause we haven't talked about them enough tonight. Yeah. You're right. No, we never yeah. do. <laughs> they get the best player in the draft and they also get the no second player. best player. In the if draft. he's not the best player in this Can draft, I, well, like, hold, hold, hold it up. doesn't turn into Gen- it. Genuine- I have to, this. You're, you're hyping it up so much. Yeah. I'm going to have to put it back. Gen- genuine question here. Cause I, I think it's worth being talked about. We haven't really seen an NFL team be like, hey, there was this dominant dominant Texas Tech offense. Let's go get the quarterback, the wide receivers, the offensive linemen, the running backs. Let's go load up on these guys, right? Like, this kind of feels to some degree a little unprecedented. Like, I think it's awesome. And, like, ultimately, like, draft the best player. The best players were also happen to be Georgia players, and it's all worked out. Okay. But – I, I'm. I, it's a genuine question. This is a new thing in college football, in the NFL, taking guys from a dominant team in college football. It feels like it's a little bit unique. Am I? Is it? Am I wrong to feel like that? We, I think there's a huge connection. I think there's a huge connection from Bama to to New England in literally like the last eight years. But never this way. No, not, yeah, not to happened. this We're degree. Talking about three, four players back to back for the first four picks of a team. Like, we're talking about three, like two years apart, not just talk, like 15. Yeah. We're talking about three first round picks and a third round pick who arguably could have been a first round pick from the same team who all played together who are now playing in the NFL. And they were probably, I think, like the most dominant defense I've seen in my lifetime. And there's an uh, argument to be made in terms seriously. of the college side. Like, it's as good as it gets. Yeah. It's very different. It's still like this. this I, I don't think there's an argument. Question. You remember what we were saying? Like, because we've been doing the pod a while now. And we were saying a couple of years ago, do you think Georgia could beat the worst NFL team? Like, do you think they could and all that? Well, we're, we're going to honestly like, 
find out if all these guys are starting and are pretty elite, we could have ourselves another situation. When you look back at the, like the U defense way back in the day, uh, you know, you look at some of those guys, like we could be looking at that Georgia defense saying the same thing. Maybe even even, we weren't too far off. (laughs) Even like the black shirts in the, in the eighties and early nineties in Nebraska. Right. Like, but, and that's the only comparison I can draw to this, this Georgia defense that was like, like you guys have said, as dominant, as talented as of a, a group as I have ever seen. And I mean, like pick, pick so what's, and- what's the, what's the gamble though? Like, I mean, I get it's like all first rounders except for Nicobe who ended up falling to the third, but like, the what's gamb- the, gamble the gamble in being is- like, Hey, like this was an elite unit. Like, let's try to, to, to assemble them in the NFL and, the ga- and develop the them in is, our system. The gamble is like what I said in my example, which is like, hey, look at this Texas Tech Mike Leach offense. Let's take Michael Crabtree and uh, who's the quarterback? Grayson Gar Graham. Yeah. One Good example. Guys. Yeah. <laughs> I forget his name. But like, let's, let's just take all those guys from that team and throw them back together. Like, we haven't seen that happen. Right. And so it'd be like going back to the 2001 Miami team. We're like, oh, it's the best, best football team ever assembled. Maybe this Georgia team is the best defensive team ever assembled in college football. And maybe Jordan Davis, Jalen Carter, Nicobe Dean, and Nolan Smith are all studs. And then the, 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 the yeah. risk that one, like, I mean, Ed Reed, Ray Lewis. Yeah. Like, think about it this way, right? Like, let's imagine that there was one team in 2002 in that draft. Who said, hey, fuck it. Miami's the best team. Let's draft as many Miami players as possible throughout the whole draft. Now I get it. Well, they I have, think they I, had I a think bunch an of first round players, but it's like imagine a world where it's like they get Ray Lewis and Ed Reed and Sean Taylor and like pick whatever and Jeremy Shockey. Pick whatever Miami player that you want to take from those teams. Imagine if like this is a weird version, like a modern day version of that, where it's like, hey. This was the best team, and all these guys, three of the four of them are first-round picks. There's an argument to be made that Nicobe Dean could have been drafted in the first round last year. You could have four, from a talent and production standpoint, players who are first-round yeah. picks who are all on well, the same team. From no, the yeah, we've school, just, that's not that. It's no, I get it. Nuts, I get it. We've just never seen it. Yes, but there's also a whole aspect that the only reason we talked about this last year and this year. The only reason you got all of those guys is all of them slid. There's that aspect too. And Jordan Davis was not as productive as he, like we hoped, but we knew he wouldn't be the Kobe Dean needed to bulk up. So there is the whole aspect of like to the risks part as well. It's not like Jordan Davis and Nicobe Dean were just absolute studs last year. Right. So yeah. this is going to be a developing team. And, and the fact is that like, you know, we all believe that this is going to work out obviously. And, and a lot of the draft pundits do too. Um, in three to four years, this is going to be very interesting to see when they're all finishing up their deals. You know, is this a situation where the Eagles are screwed because they have to choose two of the four to give a big deal to? Or is this like we look back <laughs> yeah. and we're like, man, that didn't work out? So it, it is with the with the actual fact that a lot of them fell to the Eagles, to your point, like no one thought Jordan Davis was going to go that low. No one thought Nicobe Dean was going to fall that far. Nobody thought that Jalen Carter was going to go at 10. People were talking about the Eagles trading up to get him. And they did one pick. I'm sorry, to nine. But but it's, it's a fourth it's round pick. It's an insane pick. thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's worth it for sure. 
Yeah. And that's the, the difference is like, and I think that's where you get the benefit is that Nicobe Dean slid you in a third. Like that helps with the with the contract stuff with with the. Well, other remember, three guys. there was all that stuff with with Nakobe last year, where it was like, up until like a, the week of the draft, he was a lock to be a first round pick, and then mm-hmm. it was like that weird stuff about like the injury history and like other things yeah. popped up. He wasn't fully healthy. Well, he didn't play. He didn't have to play, you know. And then when he did play for the Eagles and special teams, he was really good. And now he's going to get his shot. So it's like if he's as good as like it's clear that we all saw on tape last year that he was going to be, then, you know, he could be great. And it could also be you're 100% right. They did all slide. But like Jordan Davis slid because like no one had ever played his weight and size before. Jalen Carter slid. Jalen Carter slid because of the legal thing. You know, like Nolan Smith slid because of, you know, pick, pick whatever your reason is. But like, 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 I I look at the the precedent of Howie Roseman drafting in the first round over the past seven plus years, and I feel like that what he's doing now is evaluating these guys and being like, yeah, great, they all went to the same school, don't really care. It was an elite unit and. Uh, and they're all first rounders for a reason. I don't know, like, man. I think Howie. I think there's something to the communication aspect of it. I, and, and like maybe this is like being overly football nerdy. But uh, by the way, uh, Chiefs pick defensive end Felix and Udike Uzama uh, out of Kansas State, which wraps up our first round. Uh, see, which means this pod's gonna wrap up here in in uh nothing. Now now see if if you're me or or your team Vito or mine, I am trying so hard to get up early into the second round because there is so much There's good talent, so much talent. At, the, at the at the front end of the second round. Wow. <laughs> I, I'm I, I am surprised that no team like Will Levis is gonna be in the second round. But JPJ. by the way, like, I, I remember like I don't know if you guys were the same way, but like when Brady Quinn fell and Matt Liner fell, you know, and like some of these t- the quarterbacks, Johnny, Johnny Menzel, like I can't remember one of these guys who felt like a lock to be a first – Aaron Rodgers, obviously, too, a lock to be a first-round pick. False yeah, to the could second, have had that guy, too. <laughs> false to the second round. But either way, we have uh, – right now we got Will Levis, Mike Meyer, Joey Porter Jr., Brian Branch. Luke uh, Luke Musgrave, Hendon Hooker, uh, Darnell Washington. I'm trying to look at the big names here. Keon um, White, another DM. DJ Ojolari, Jalen Hyatt, uh, Trent Simpson, linebacker from Clemson. Um, and there's some good value to be had, too, at, at wide receiver. Um, Jalen Hyatt out of Tennessee. Uh, there's a second Tennessee receiver, I forget. And what's the kid out of North Carolina? Um, yeah. Yeah, there's there's a ton of there's a ton of talent that that's going to be available early tomorrow. Um, what's what's one guy that you think should have gone first that's going to be available in the second? Mike Mayer. That's how I was going to go with actually. That's funny. Yeah, I I I mean like I I I see him and I see a a better blocking and. 
equally as good reception version of Dallas Goddard. And, and the way tight ends are utilized right now, it's just too, it's, can I, you can, can I get twist? a guy who's actually like very, 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 uh, a centerfold to your, look at Travis Kelsey, what he's doing. Look at all these tight ends. Like and even to your point, Jason Kelsey comp, that would be huge for any team right now. Yeah. Can I, can I also make a twist on your question and be like, who's the player left that will have the most immediate impact when he's drafted tomorrow? Ooh, that's a good one. I like the, most this. Me, the, the most immediate one, at least for me, is Brian Branch, the safety from Alabama. Yeah. No matter what, no matter what team he ends up on, he's going to be really, really good. He's going to be a really good player. Uh, uh, just, mine, just is, mine is very different. All right, go ahead. Yeah, hit me. John Michael Schmitz, center out of uh, Minnesota. Ooh, Immediate okay. impact on the O-line. I like it. All right. I'm hitting uh, – I'm actually going to go with Joey Porter Jr. I think you get a guy who's cocky and he loves playing press. So, if you need to put him at two or even one, he'll like he'll make mistakes. That's the thing about him. That's why I think Brian Branch is a safer play. But Joey Porter Jr. will not – he's not lack confidence. He's tall and big, and he will get in your face. And so, I think that – that bodes well in the NFL. You know what I mean? Yeah. You can get a, a big, a big impact out of that. Well, here, let me, let me say this. Um, great podcast. Always fun to do the live pod right after. Um, biggest, biggest takeaway from the draft. Biggest takeaway in terms of thing that either made your jaw drop the most thing that made you go. Yeah, that makes the most sense. Just like biggest move, biggest whatever the biggest takeaway for you is from the first round of the NFL draft. What is it? I'll go ahead. I'll say I was very surprised at the amount of hype that Will Levis got, and we've been talking about that. And I I feel for the kid. <laughs> There's nothing worse than than fall like I than, I than you know that's being lower than the expectations. State. I mean. I, I, that's his own. I'm glad he did or else he wouldn't be even in this spot. So good for him. But I do think him being back now to the second round or, you know, hopefully he goes in the second round. Uh, but the point is that I, like, I was so surprised about the draft type. And usually when you get the hype again, you get some, some falls, but not all the way this far. And uh, you know, out of the year, we knew Bryce young and CJ Stroud were one, two, and that's how it ended up going. So I think all this draft type, it, it changes all around. And there's a lot of, to your point, Jeff, like you said, smoke screen about 10 times tonight. And it's exactly what teams were doing the entire time as we're all following it in the last couple months. And we always forget about it because it's so exciting. <laughs> Mine is uh, watch out for two teams that have been in the bottom four or five for the last two plus seasons. Watch out for the Texans and watch out for the Lions. Because they are coming with the talent that they have acquired. And the Lions, to that point, not only acquired good talent tonight, uh, even though they may have reached for it uh, at 12 with Jameer Gibbs, but they have some draft picks coming up. And they have five draft picks over the next, uh, I think, something like 50 picks. So watch out. Uh, my, my biggest takeaway is that the top of the draft won. I mean, it, it, honestly, if you look at the top fifth, top 12 to 15 picks versus like, I felt like the top 12 to 15 were a lot of really, really smart. Like, even though like, yeah, if you're Seattle, like, do I take Devin Witherspoon? 
I probably wouldn't, but at the same time, like I get why they did and it's going to make their defense better. I felt like the top end people did a really good job of holding on to the talent and the positions that they were in to, to take that elite talent. And I feel like a lot of these teams, particularly in the middle of the draft struggled a little bit. Um, Emmanuel Forbes, like Mississippi state cornerback had a, for, for Love Washington, it. Will McDonald. Um, there's just, there's a, there's a lot going on there with that middle, that middle side of the class. And look, ultimately we don't know. We don't know who's going to be good. Who's going to be bad. Um, time will tell, but I will say, I think the teams that were the top level teams, Cincinnati, uh, you know, uh, Buffalo with Dalton, Kincaid, Philadelphia, the Eagles, Kansas Did, City. So the Eagles won the draft, right? We're all in agreement. I feel like, there. yeah. I, I do. That was going to be my next trip. My next question. I think, look, it's hard to not argue Houston. You get CJ Stroud and Will Anderson. Um, I mean, you're getting two difference makers on both sides of the ball. Yeah, uh, and you get your quarterback lot. of the future. You really didn't though. I mean, except the future first round. I mean, they still, they get, they get the That's second. Big, yeah. They give up a lot in my opinion. They, you know, they did. They did. They did. But at the same time, if look, if Carolina and and I, I'll put Indianapolis in this tier here too, like Carolina, mm-hmm. Houston, Indianapolis, if they hit, they all win. They are all the winners of this draft um, in terms of what their current rosters look like. Yeah, it's impossible to say the Eagles don't win this draft with Nolan Smith, who could have been a top 20 easy draft pick. Uh, and obviously Jalen Carter falling to them and then treading a fourth round to go up to get to nine. I mean, it's hard. It's hard to argue that, but there's a lot of talent left on the board. Uh, and that's why we have seven rounds of this shit, man. And this is why I said earlier, the second round is a massive, massive key to how the rest of this goes. So, um, so me and Vito need to, to our teams to hop into that. <laughs> Yeah, maybe, maybe trade up with the amount of talent. <laughs> I would hope that John Lynch and uh, who, the, who, who the hell is the Patton, George Patton? Patton, he's a Walton, uh, Walmart. Yeah, sorry, nah. Patton, Patton, and uh, and Lynch got to better get on the phones here in the next uh, few hours because there's a lot of talent to be had. Cannot wait to see what happens in round two and round three tomorrow. Uh, but thank you to the boys for being here. Uh, crazy man, three years in a row we've done this kind of half drunk, half baked, you know, just recap pod. I guess is the best way I can put it, but yeah, we responded mm-hmm. the first round, a lot of fun. Um, it's hard to pick a winner, man. It's hard to pick a winner when you know that all these guys and this draft class in particular has a lot of high floors, a lot of low seal, you know, high ceilings, low floors. Uh, but we'll find out. Over the night, yeah, I had it backwards for a second. Uh, <laughs> we got a lot of football to find out, and uh, fuck the Falcons. That's that's what I'm taking away. Fuck the Falcons. That's that's your takeaway. <laughs> they took Bijan Robinson from you. They sure did. The school. <laughs> but they're gonna waste them. They're gonna waste them, and we're gonna have a stud who's gonna get wasted on a franchise that doesn't deserve him. So, uh, with all that being said, everybody have a wonderful night. I know this is. Uh, interesting pod for everybody but we love you all thank you so much for listening we will talk to you guys on tuesday full draft recap 
and uh, hopefully that interview comes to you guys soon. So we'll talk to you guys later. Take it easy, everybody.